But then in round three, I get matched with somebody. And immediately, immediately the only message, no hi, no good luck, no nothing. The message is, wow, control in the two and two bracket as if. So I already know that this one's going to be an absolute winner of a conversation. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just say, uh, yeah, hey, good luck and have fun. We match or whatever. And I basically hit him with the turn. He's on uh, Celestia Angels. Or right. my opponent's on Celestia Angels. And they say, uh, they basically flood the board, but I had the turn three Wrath, the um, Doomscar. Mm-hmm. And I just get messages. Like, messages are just coming at me the, <laughs> while we're playing. Okay, so I'm in Arena. Uh, I only have one screen, so it's full screen. I have to alt-tab to get to Melee. But I just hear, like, ding, 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 like, f- messages flying at me. And when I go back and check, so we play the match, I end up winning uh, game one and game three and, and winning the match. And uh, I just look back and the messages are like, oh, sure. Like, as if, F you. Really? Question mark. Really? Question mark. F you. <laughs> and then after the match, he says, seriously, man, F you. I hope you die in the next round. What? And I was just like, oh. Um, all right well uh thanks for the match and good luck in future because once you're at three losses you're out yeah so instead of saying good luck in the rest of the event i said good luck in any future events you might enter Mm -hmm. and this is the best part so the the opponent then says thanks you too unless you decide to play control again in which case you can beep my beep (laughs) with a semicolon p so like a winky tongue in oh, tongue out weird <laughs> smiley face at the end, and uh, I wasn't beeping it out. He didn't write anything there, or they didn't write. Anything oh, there. gotcha. Just put like, just like a. Lights. That's so weird. But well, <laughs> first of all, that's so frustrating because like yeah, you don't want to have to deal with that kind of stuff while you're in like tournament mode. But also, come on, like. But yeah, just don't don't be that guy. I yeah. encourage everyone to try melee play in some events. It's super fun, and this is by far like this has pretty much never happened to me. Yeah, I've uh, played a couple, especially and not twice all, in one event. They were all fine, so I don't. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, <laughs> just don't be that guy. No, if you lose, don't, don't. sometimes it's a really frustrating loss, but it's not your opponent's fault. Yeah, it doesn't make them a bad person. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for weekly drunken Magic the Gathering arena content. Yeah, basically we're just regular dudes drinking some irregular beers and talking about Magic, and specifically Magic the Gathering arena, regularly. Yeah. Uh, This week we are talking about Strixhaven Sealed, because the arena open is coming up this weekend. Uh, so, you know, keep listening to get all the good advice, I guess, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to, to win $2,000. To get all the advice. <laughs> yeah. Get, you get advice. <laughs> Whatever it does for advice you. Advice you didn't ask for. Exactly. Um, but first, each week we both bring a beer, we drink our own, then drink each other's, then rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what is on tap? All right. Today I've got a hibiscus pale ale. Um, so here in Toronto, we have this a group organization called the Society of Beer Drinking Ladies. They throw events, you know, back when that was a thing you were allowed to do uh, for women in beer. And they also make beers occasionally, and they always partner up with Henderson Brewing Company. So that's the actual brewing company, but it's, uh, I guess, the Society of Beer Drinking Ladies that 
I don't, I'm not sure if they designed the recipe or, or exactly how that partnership works, but you know, you always see every few months you see a new one from them and they always sound great. Like they're always the flavor profile or the, the type of thing I think is cool in a beer. So this is just a pale ale with some hibiscus added in and it's five and a half percent. Nice. I actually didn't know that about the, um, the beer drinking ladies. That's cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was a sweet beer you picked. Awesome. All right. Um, <laughs> I brought, uh, this is Lee River Blackberry Vanilla Sour Beer. It is from Something in the Water Brewing Company. It is 4.9%, and there's a little fancy fish on the front, and that's the reason I picked it up mainly, because <laughs> uh, of that. All right, so in magic news, of course, the Arena Open is this weekend, so once again, $2,000 is on the table for basically everyone to try to get. So that's just going to be the talk of the town this weekend. So I'm excited for it to be back. Yeah. And uh, is anything else coming back or is it just the arena open? Um, We also have historic brawl is coming as well, um, which, you know, is, you know, my favorite way to play brawl. I don't play very much brawl, but historic is the way I, uh, I like it. And big, big news, there's Japanese alt art cards as the rewards. So I believe that it's like 2,500 gold to, to enter, but you get five different uh, Japanese alt art cards, which is sick because those look amazing. You know, I knew something was up when I went to the store when Strixhaven dropped and there was, you could buy packs of Japanese alt arts, but you couldn't buy Brainstorm, you couldn't get faithless looting you know there mm-hmm. were a bunch of heavy hitters in the set that just weren't there so i was like they're planning something there's got to be something some event you got to yeah. do to get these ones for sure so this is it the, both of those cards are ones that you can get from this uh, yeah. event so uh do that um also on twitch there have been some guest lectures actually which is pretty interesting um watsi is doing this thing where they're having like they're going hard in like the school idea of strixhaven and so they had a bunch of people uh, who've been big names in magic for a long time come and kind of speak on different topics. Uh, but main, namely, the one that I had seen and got to, to watch was the uh, Frank Karsten one, who's the, uh, the author of the article that Jeff was talking about last week about mana bases. And wow, was that enlightening. Really, really great. It was a legit class. So I didn't really watch any of them. I heard about them. And I just think this is one of the cooler promotions that I think they've done. It's really cool. Um, Really great idea. I did kind of pop in on one accidentally. It's just saw Magic was streaming, and I was like, oh, let's see what they're streaming. Uh, From the very small portion that I saw, it seemed to be about cosplay. Um, Oh. The speaker was doing their makeup and kind of showing how they do their makeup that is so cool um, yeah and i was like oh that's really cool that they would do something like mana bases with frank carson and then cosplay with presumably somebody big in the cosplay community yeah. and so you just are hitting all these different magic fans exactly yeah and the, and the point was like uh, frank carson was kind of a quandrix professor and so that must have been a prismari professor or something um pretty yeah, you'd have to have him be the quandrix exactly right um but really cool and uh i I like some of the promotions they're doing with this. There are a couple uh, that don't uh, work out so well, I think. Um, <clears throat> yes. <laughs> but, uh, but we'll talk about the good ones, and this is definitely one of them. So if there are more lectures, if you're on Twitch and you see Magic is doing some sort of lecture, definitely pop in because it is worth it. Um, however, Jeff, Twitter was uh, a tweeting this week about a, a certain member of the music community who, uh, who plays Magic, apparently. Yeah, I was, I was really surprised when I saw the the picture, um, and it's not, 
Post Malone is someone that I didn't know I would recognize by face, you mm-hmm. know. But as soon as I saw the picture, I was just like, "Is is that Post Malone?" I I don't really know. I think so. I, you know. Yeah. So basically, it, I'm pretty sure it is. I've seen a music video, and that looks like that him. looks like him. Um, so he. There had been some pictures previously that were um, him going to card shops or where he goes, um, uh, the, the shop he goes to in his town. And then there's, you know, he went to buy a bunch of cards at some place and people were talking about that. And then the Command Zone podcast had dropped a picture of him on their set. And that was a big buzz right. of he is going to be playing Commander with them. And that presumably that shop was where he bought all the cards for his deck. Um, right. So it's... Uh, yeah, that's the picture I saw. Yeah, that's that's part of the... The big, big news. So that's quite exciting. Um, like, it's not specifically Arena, of course, but having more big name people uh, playing Arena who are kind of, or sorry, Magic, who are outside of the, the quote-unquote Magic community is, is great for us because you get more people interested. Hey, maybe someone who likes Post Malone yeah. is like, oh, that thing is, hey, maybe I will try this game that I always wanted to try, but I thought my friends would make fun of me, but now I can say Post Malone plays it. So <laughs> yeah, you, know, you can't get mad at me. Post Malone plays it. That's cool. It's like Hunter it's Pence. Gotta be cool. Hunter Pence is putting on all those uh, limited tournaments, right? Um, the sweatsuit invitationals. Yeah, uh, which is huge. It's like, oh, sick! Uh, baseball player is uh, playing Magic. Pretty, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we do have a top tier out of here, just because I'm confused uh, from this weekend. But wasn't Tainted Pact? That deck was just like nixed, right? Like that deck was no one was playing that deck because the card didn't work very well in Arena. Is am I wrong? Yeah. I, I, thought... I, I lost to that deck a couple of times in the <laughs> so in the satellite to qualify for the cha- uh, the championship mm-hmm. qualifier feels weird to say qualify for the qualifier but that's yep. what you have to do uh, I went four and two and both losses were to <laughs> tainted packed combo so yeah I just like I knew that people were saying oh you don't have enough rope to play it I even saw Arna Hushimbet who was on. Twitch playing it, and he the whole time he was like, "This deck is garbage. I can't. This is unplayable. This card's unplayable. You can't play this deck. It's terrible." From what I understand, if you put Thassa's Oracle on the stack and respond to that trigger with Tainted Pack, then even if you run out of rope, it will just go through your whole library for you automatically, yeah. and then the the Oracle trigger will resolve. will resolve. Because I know that that had happened to a lot of people where they didn't have the Oracle on the stack. And so they're just doing mm-hmm. Tainted Pack, and if you can't get through it fast enough, it will just exile your whole library, and then you just lose. If yeah, if there's, like, any lag at yeah. all, you're, you're cooked. <laughs> uh, so I thought that that deck was just unplayable, but apparently it was all over the place. Um, and you It could, did pretty well. You could, it did pretty well. <laughs> That's why I'm like, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought that no one would bring this, but apparently people will. All right, there you go. Tainted if this pack. is the control deck of Historic, I don't mind that. You know? Yeah. Or sorry, the combo deck. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like combo decks in general, but if this is it, then I don't really mind it. It's kind of just a blue-black control deck with a combo kill that has to sacrifice a lot of consistency in the name of that because you know it can only play one brainstorm, it can only play one whatever. Yeah, of all that kind of so, stuff. Um, let's just jump right into sealed. I think that feels pretty good, right? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so the arena open. Um, it's back around. Uh, it is May 8th and 9th. It is 22,500 gold or 4,500 gems. Uh, as always, you can choose best of one or best of three. However, this time, when you're getting your sleeves, best of one, you get one sleeve, and best of three, you get a different sleeve. They're Will and Rowan, respectively. Um, and mm-hmm. you basically get the other one if you qualify for day two. 
Um, it, I mean, that's fine. It's, right. It is interesting because this is the first time they are incentivizing you to do both. If you're not actually going to qualify, they're like, hey, well, maybe just try best of one, then maybe try best of three. Just, you know, get all the sleeves that you want. Um, so interesting right. to see how the price slowly is going up and then, oh, slowly they're changing some, some things. Yeah. Um, but in any Increased case. price. I mean, the price is the same as the Kaldheim sealed one. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just meant, I guess it's, it's more expensive than the constructed yes. ones before it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, still, you get to win real money, uh, or you could. So that is, yes. that is awesome. I like that quite a bit. Yeah, so, I mean, the last time they did this was Kaldheim sealed. That was the most recent arena open, I think. Yeah. And it was went over great. Everyone loved it. Everyone was posting deck lists on Twitter and stuff, and... There's just a lot of buzz in the community about how smoothly this arena open went and how it was great to see competitive limited, like people were asking for that for a long time. So if you love limited and you want to just try something a little higher stakes, give this a try because arena opens are a lot of fun. Yeah, they really are. And um, being able to be part of it and even like post your, oh, what do I do with this pool or whatever, or talk to your friends about it. Um, it's just fun. I like it. like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um and Jeff, as always, uh, do you want to say like one of our, our number one rule, uh, the golden rule, the gambling rule for, for right. Arena Opens? <laughs> yeah. So make sure that you decide beforehand how many times you're going to enter. So <clears throat> we say this every time, but in case you haven't played in one of these events before, you can enter on day one as, as often as you like. So if I go play best of one, um, I pay my 22 five gold and i go oh uh three i guess you have to get three losses in best one and i'm like oh damn that really wasn't satisfying i'm just gonna jump in again i'm allowed to do that Mm -hmm. Um, it's just i have to pay the entry fee again so it's really easy to kind of blow all your gold or blow all your gems uh playing this event if you kind of let it get out of hand so we recommend every time to just say you know what i'm gonna only enter this once or twice or three times, whatever you're comfortable with as your number going in. And once you hit that number, you know, don't buy more gems and jump in again. You know, it's the classic kind of gambling problem. So just make sure you're being smart about it. It's really, really yeah. uh, easy to just jump back in. And, it's super easy, especially when you've been drinking a few beers while you're doing it and you don't look at your credit card statements. You're just like, you just yeah. click the button. You're like, ah, it's fine. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll be okay. Yeah, don't do that. Um, all right, so sealed, uh, as always, it's six packs, uh, which normally equates to six rares or mythics. However, this time, because of the mystical archives, you can get more rares than that. Um, kind of the highest you could possibly (laughs) go would be 12, because you could get there's always one spot open for mystical archives. So if you happen to get six rare mystical archive cards with your other six rares, then you could get 12. And I just showed Jeff the other day, I was in a draft and I opened a pack that had three rares in it. Um, But that was mainly because there's a mythic and then there's a rare lesson and then there's a rare mystical archive. So I think the lesson also has a Couldn't you get 18 possibly? So I guess you could get 18 if you had all the (laughs) rare lessons. It would be crazy, and you wouldn't necessarily want that, possibly, because then some other cards that you might want, you wouldn't get uh, missing yeah. some, some lesson spots. But it is a lot, and um, which is really fun and really great about this sealed, uh, specifically, I think. I find it's been really common to get seven or eight rares in yes. my experience. Absolutely. Like, you're 
you're almost guaranteed more than six, uh, which is great. Um, yeah, certainly six is the minimum, so the mm-hmm. average is well above be six. Above that, um, I will say that uh, when you, it always flips and shows you your rares. Um, those aren't all the rares that you have. There's actually a little thing underneath that tells you how many. Right, it'll only got. show you six rares. Yes. Um, so you might be like, oh, at the bottom. what a jib. But actually, you have to go hunting. Make sure you look for the other ones because um, there will be more. And there's a little line underneath that's in yellow or something that says, you opened seven rares or whatever. Um, right. Each mystical archive card that appears in your six rares, there's at least one rare that from that pack that's not showing up exactly so um just you know more important to look through all your cards than ever before yeah um but also it it kind of makes it like in sealed you always want to play your bombs and to me this makes that even more the case here because when everyone else is opening you know eight rares of seven or eight rares on average if you have a deck with no bombs in it, the likelihood that you run into a bomb in your opponent's deck is way higher because there's so many more mm-hmm. rares being dished out. So I think even more than usual, like we always advocate to look at your rares first before you do anything in sealed. Um, just to get an idea of what like the most powerful thing you could possibly be doing looks like. Exactly. And I think it's even more important here because everyone's going to have rares basically and lots of them Mm -hmm. um so what you can do is you can uh look at all your rares and then take a picture of them don't put any of them in your deck and then send your (laughs) opponent like a screenshot or something somehow yeah (laughs) find them on twitch and be like hey look at all the rares i didn't play and then check it you you lose uh anyway but Um, but you can feel good about yourself building exactly. you know, common and uncommon sealed. It's deck. very honorable, right? <laughs> yeah. That's how you honorably <laughs> play sealed is with no yeah. rares or bombs. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So th- this deck building uh, like situation is a bit different because we do have learn and lesson cards, and there yeah. are some specific lessons that are uh, pretty important or like you're really looking for. Yeah, exactly. I think lessons are, after your rares, the second thing you should look at. Just look at all your lessons and find out which one. Almost treat them as rares, because the good lessons are just so key to have access to. Exactly. Uh, And having a wide variety of them. I mean, um, obviously in Sealed, you don't get to choose this, but in Draft, it's good to have a bunch of different ones. Because the idea is Mm -hmm. that you want to, when you learn, you want to have as many options as possible. Uh, so make sure you look at all of them, even ones that you initially thought, nah, maybe I won't play that or whatever. Uh, just keep it in mind uh, whenever you're playing all the different lessons that you could possibly uh, go get in your pool. And if you have a few good lessons, pretty much any card that says learn on it is playable. Yeah. Like, like even the ones that look really bad, they're actually not that bad. Exactly. <laughs> they are like the, there's the blue one that gives uh, minus four, minus zero. That one's definitely playable. Cram Session, which I initially thought was not great. Yeah, Cram Session's really my go-to example. Like, I've people are always playing Cram Session. Like, you don't necessarily hope that that's your learn card that's going to get your good lesson. You hope to have some better ones. But hey, I mean, if you have a, some really good lesson options, just slap Cram Session in your deck. It's, yeah. it's fine. I really think that any learn card, besides I think the one I like the least is First Day of Class. The, all the other yeah. ones I really like. First day of class is the only one that I'm like iffy about. Um, however, if you want to put a plus one plus one counter on like a, uh, I don't know, one of your, if you're going to go get like a, one of the token creators, uh, mm-hmm. then it's good. But uh, besides that, um, yeah, 
learn lessons. Could really give great. haste to a giant fractal. Exactly. Um, so that can be awesome. However, there is one in particular that we think is probably the most important and the one that you're going to be looking for. Uh, oh, for sure. You're, you're yeah. hoping that you get at least one. Um, and what, which one is that, Jeff? Environmental Sciences. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know, this is the one that uh, goes and gets a basic land out of your library and you gain two life uh, for two mana. Mm-hmm. Uh, colorless exactly uh, basically this is the card you want in your pool this is the best common for sealed no question because it lets you splash so easily like you could basically imagine you have six or seven well maybe even that's a lot but let's say you have four cards with learn on them if you have one environmental side sciences in your sideboard you can almost count that as four sources for your splash like that's ridiculous yeah um, your splash just becomes so strong. Exactly. And then it lets you play all of your good cards, basically. So, um, like we said before, try to play as many rares as you can. So that means like you're probably going to be splashing some stuff. Because obviously mm -hmm. they're not going to be in all the same colors. However, this set is awesome for splashing. It's got really great fixing all over the place. Like, you have environmental yeah. sciences, which is fantastic. You have all of the campuses, which are great. There's a gold land that works as well. Right. You have like yeah. letter of acceptance, which is the artifact that does that. There's just like, plus all of the normal stuff, there's cultivate and like, don't forget cultivate is in the set. Right. Yeah. You, if, if you're lucky enough to open a cultivate. Yeah. Um, which isn't even that hard that you accidentally just get one. Like they're everywhere. So mm -hmm. um, the only one that is like, kind of tricks you into thinking that it's uh, fixing, but it's not is field trip. But if you have environmental sciences, there you it go. could still go get you that. Exactly. So, um, But Field Trip gets you a force. It gets you so a force. It looks like fixing at first glance. but that Yeah, really I've definitely stuff. put it in my deck thinking it'll get me my splash color and then realizing, oh, shit, it won't. Okay, good. Right. That's a good <laughs> It's still a good card, though. It's still a really good card. It's good ramp. There's great ramp in this set. Um, there's treasures all over the place. If you're playing Prismari, you can just make treasures and, and splash things. Um, yeah. I, w I was watching something uh, by Max Mick, who recently won uh, like a huge MTGO sealed event, mm -hmm. and he was just talking about uh, the format a little bit, and he was explaining that if you have an environmental sciences, then you can splash uh, cards that are completely off college. Like you can splash a red-white card in your Witherbloom deck if you have environmental sciences. Because basically you should think about it as the environmental sciences secures you one of them, and then the other one's just a splash. That so makes it's sense. Like, it's not that different to splash a Lorehold card in Witherbloom with environmental sciences, as it is to splash a white card in Witherbloom with no environmental sciences. Okay. So if you would be comfortable splashing one pip in your deck, and you have the sciences in your board, you should feel comfortable splashing two pips. That makes sense. Because also you're probably going to have a bunch of cards that go get you environmental sciences when you need it. Right, and you would put two planes or whatever in your deck to splash the white card. Just put one mountain and one planes. Yeah. And now, and now you know, it's taking up the same number of lands. Uh, absolutely. Your likelihood of, of having your splash colors is, uh, is pretty much the same. Yeah. And not even just that. Like, even if you have, like, an off-color campus that is just, like, one of your colors. Um, oh, yeah. You're like, oh, sweet. Well, you know... This just replaces, let's say it's like the Lorehold one again, you're playing Prismari. You're like, well, this replaces a mountain, but just because I get to scry, it's going to be so much better and so much more helpful. True, yeah. And then you should feel good splashing white cards too because you have the, the free source. Exactly. Unquote. 
So that's another thing that's really important to look at is all your like mana fixing. If you're, you know, obviously going down what colors you're going to play. Yeah, I see some lists that are almost like four or five colors just playing all of their good stuff. Yeah, and you can. It has a similar feel. Like Call Time was similar to this as well because the, the common um, the land cycle, uh, similar thing here, I would say. Right. Those, those help uh, like a lot. Uh, I, I do want to note that like just because a card is rare doesn't mean it's a bomb. And you should make sure to read them and decide which ones are actually really great playing and really great playing around. And which ones are like, oh, this looks super cool, but actually it's it's going to make things really complicated and not really work with some other stuff. And maybe I don't have all the pieces I need to, to make it actually work the way I want it to. Um, and it's okay to just, you know, leave those be. Even if that is one of the dragons. <laughs> maybe it's just not... Um, like you were saying, you were unimpressed with the Witherbloom Dragon because it dies to so much common removal and it costs seven. Yeah, it's like a four toughness thing that dies to heated debate, which you can't counter or anything, is can be a little rough. Not not saying that you shouldn't play it. I'm still I still think it's correct to like. I think it's sealed for sure. Would play it in, if I'm in those colors, you know. Just because if it doesn't die, it just takes over the game. Absolutely. Two sap or two uh, pests per turn. Exactly. Cycle. Um, so, so I will say just um, not, not just with the dragons. I mean, I've mainly done it with the dragons where I had one and didn't play <laughs> it. Um, but just any, there are some cards that are just like, you know what, I, I just, I'm not going to play this or um, don't try to jam it, especially if it's a mastery. If it's one of the non-black masteries, just, you know, you can leave it be. Yeah. You don't have to slap Brainstorm in your deck. It's not that good. Exactly. That, same with, it might be a rare, but it's not that yeah. good. Same with even like Dark Ritual or some of these really impressive uh, Mystical Archive cards. Oh, I wouldn't play Dark Ritual. In Lemonade, exactly. Don't like, don't play that card. It seems really exciting, but it's just, it's not going to be that awesome. Um, however, I do like, uh, if you have Channel and you have that Bookworm, um, the big 7-7, seven, seven, that just looks like... Oh yeah, <laughs> yummy! All about that. I like that turn that. three, uh, or turn two. Well, bookworm is it double green? It's double green. So we turn three. So you need to have four green sources to yeah. pull this off on turn four. But <laughs> that is not that good. Seems great. <laughs> you lose that life, you gain it right back. Not all of it, but I don't know. Now, if you open channel and Emrakul, now we're talking. Or even just channel and any of the uh, the X spells that are. Um, yeah, what's that rare? That's the fireball one. It does like crackle, fire, crackle does of, of X power. Times, yeah, yeah, th yeah, the triple X. It's the, the Vin Diesel card. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which, side tangent on that card, actually. I saw on Twitter some people were uh, talking about how they thought it was really uh, poorly crafted. And, and a lot of people were like, well, why? why? It's, it's not really that con It's kind of confusing at first, but it's not really that complicated. And they're like, well, there's three X's in the cost, and there's only two X's in the box. So where's the third X go? It's like, well, well, the, what? Well, but the what? The X's are always the same. There's, X is there's one, one X. It's referenced three times in the cost and twice in the text box. And, and you you pay X. X is only one value. You can't. It's not different. Yeah, I don't know exactly. What. It's not like X Y Z. Right? Yeah, that would be really confusing. <laughs> this deals X damage to, to Y to targets. Y different targets Z times. You, yeah. <laughs> All right. What's the best? Like, what's the best collection of numbers to pay for this with mean? my mana? <laughs> that would be really confusing. Um, so no, that, that's and it was, you know these people on Twitter are trying to explain. No, no, no. It's 
this is this is not just magic. It's just math. This is just math. This is just how stuff works. I don't. It's not complicated. And they're like, whatever, bro. You don't understand. Like, you don't need. Uh, you shouldn't need a video to explain how this card works. It's like you just w- had to go to school. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, we. You're, I, I agree completely. We shouldn't. <laughs> you, what What has failed you? I don't know. Um, they should have like a three X that just goes in one thing. That would make it way less confusing. Yeah, but then the but we never use like <laughs> any sort of multiplication in our how much do I pay mana values? <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was hilarious because uh, well, it is. Um, anyway, (laughs) I did want to say that sometimes the rares go the other way, you know, like some rares are bombs, but may not look it Mm. like, I don't think I've ever lost a game where I cast poet's quill. Yeah. That was just like totally fine to add to my deck. And then I just dominate everyone with it. It's so good. It's so, I thought that card was hot garbage when I read it. I remember being like, what the (laughs) fuck is this? Like, I don't want this at all. This is terrible. Then after playing with it, I'm like, oh, damn. Oh, man. Yeah. This is really good. <laughs> I think I like won with it, and then immediately the next game lost to my opponent having it. And I remember sitting there like, there's no way for me to win. This, this like, I can't race this thing, and I can't win in combat against yeah. this thing. You need to like... And they're up a card. What is this? You're like, holy shit, I need you know my um, disenchant. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Great. So those... Basically, yeah. Yeah, there's, Sorry, there's a, a couple of... Um, the ones there's like a green one that's a lesson like being like oh shit maybe i should actually like care about that card and um oh yeah that one's good think about those things i mean that one's great because you can go need it you go get it whenever you need it so that's awesome exactly yeah so you don't have to like in best of one worry about main decking enchantment hate when they're, they probably won't have any um right but anyway yeah man poets yeah quill. i was just gonna say poets quills just pretty much umazawa's gta you know the, the unbeatable well, artifact uh, uh, equipment. Yeah, it's totally <laughs> Omisami's Yeah, it puts you up cards, it gains you life, it kills it stuff. You yeah, it's, it's, the sa- it's the same card. Uh, for sure. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is that card. Anyway, um, so I will say that uh, as always, like, you know, when you're building your deck, you're trying to figure out what kind of archetype or style or, you know, deck that you're trying to build, right? Um, and sealed usually doesn't lend itself very well to aggressive strategies, uh, mainly because mm-hmm. a lot of the cards that you need for those strategies are multiples of great commons and uncommons, and that's why it makes it really vi- like viable in draft. However, you don't get that in, in sealed. I would definitely say go right. check to make sure that oh, oops, if I'm I might have a great aggro pool right here, and I'm just not thinking about it. Um, so, you know, look for it, but don't really go in expecting to build that deck because um, it's... I, I always check for the aggro. Mm-hmm. One thing that I was reading, you know, sometimes you can build the most controlling deck your pool is capable of and then build the most aggressive deck your pool is capable of. You'll probably not end up playing either of these builds, but you just get an idea of what the limits, what are the boundaries on your pool. Um which is something I'd never heard of, but I thought was interesting. Yeah, I, I think that's great. And that's, that's a wonderful point is to look at your pool and build multiple decks out of it. Especially in this format, I mm-hmm. think you should be building like almost five or six different decks. And in the arena open, there's no time limit on your build. Yeah. 
So, so send it to your friend. You know. I mean, like, some people were saying that this is, like, I don't know, cheating or whatever. If you post it on Twitter and be like, hey, and you tag LSV, and you're like, hey, tell me what my I should do with... What do you think about this deck? And blah, blah, blah. I have these cards. Should I take them out? Whatever. You can do that. I think it's, like, fine. I don't... It, it's kind of fun talking to a pro, I guess, if they actually talk to you, but... Um, I think it's more yeah. fun to talk to my friends. Like, sure. that's one of the... I think there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, I just yeah. think uh, part of the fun, uh, like at a pre-release or something, or, you know, these seal things is talking to your, you know, testing team, essentially. Definitely. Um, making your yeah. own is, is kind of fun. The only people who should be complaining about it are, you know, LSV and Ben Stark. Who? They're going to have so many, so many tweets coming in. They just like screenshot like how many new tweets they get. And they're just like, guys, I can't. It's too much. It's too much. I would love to analyze every sealed pool and respond with what I do. But, you know, I got my own here. Yeah. And I'm not going to give you that, you know, I'm going to go through a whole thing, tweet it to you. And then you're going to be like, oh, I already went 0 and 3. <laughs> yeah. Didn't take advice. Uh, okay, you didn't wait? Uh, I don't know what to tell you. So, But yeah, take your time. Build three, four different decks at least, I would say. Because this format, the deck building portion is really complicated. It's super complicated. Trying to maximize your lessons and learns. And we've also talked about a splashing. Like you should try your, you know, straight Witherbloom deck. But then maybe it's okay to splash white. So then try Witherbloom splash white. And what mm -hmm. cards does that make you bring in? And, and does that look better? And then maybe you know, that makes it... Splash. You start to play, oh, oh, maybe I'm playing Silver Claw Splash Green instead of Witherbloom Splash White. Right. And you're like, exactly. okay. And then you're trying to find that balance. So I definitely say take a lot of time building your deck. It's definitely the number one thing I breeze through constantly. And when I, mm -hmm. when I say building your deck, that also means take the time to pick the basic lands you're going to use, you know? Take the time to find the card back you want to use, naming it, all those things helps you slow down a little bit, I've found myself. Mm -hmm. If I spend time looking at my deck trying to figure out what to name it, sometimes I find cards that I need to switch. You know, like, oh, well, like, wait a minute, this card is terrible. Oh, I should take this out. <laughs> Just because I took a breather is like, you know what? I should do that. I can, I can take my Why am I playing shot? seven strategic plannings? That's like, not a good idea. <laughs> I don't need to play that many at all. Um, I've seen a lot of my draft decks have been like five heated debates. I'm like, wait, maybe I should... I need to do something else besides just this. <laughs> no, that sounds great. <laughs> it hasn't been great. It's been pretty bad, actually. I'm not going to win the game, but neither are you. Until they have, like, you know, two four fours. A pest from, token. Yeah, or, or something. You're like, unwilling to use it. On. I can't do this. I'm going to die to the, yeah, pest. Um, yeah. So uh, because I want you to spend so much time building your draft deck, I think that we should take a break to get another beer because my beer is yeah. empty. So I'm, I'm on the same page, but I do want to end with just one note. All right, I'll, I'll let you talk about. Yeah, do that. So right. this was a tweet that I saw recently from Andrew Ellenbogen. I think it was around the last time of the Kaldheim sealed arena open. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you don't know, Andrew Ellenbogen was a, a pro tour champion. He, okay. he won, um, I think like, I can't remember exactly which pro tour, but either Guilds of Ravnica or Ravnica Allegiance around that time. Um, maybe Ravnica Allegiance. But he was just saying that Basically, is explaining that too many people spend, you know, people will spend 20 minutes on what their 22nd or 23rd card should be in their build, but they spent four minutes deciding what color pair they were going to be. And he was saying, like, the 22nd, 23rd card is really unlikely to matter or make much of a difference. Mm -hmm. But what color, but playing the wrong color pair for your pool is really, really bad. Yeah. 
So you should be spending more time actually deciding what archetype your deck is going to be and less time worrying about whether that 23rd card should be divination or, you know, ops or something. Mm-hmm. You know? like, I mean, probably divination is just better, but you know what I mean? Like, don't, don't worry about which marginal card is going to make the, the final slot as much as worrying about, am I even in the right colors? Yeah. Was it correct to go blue-green? That's great. Yeah, I think that's that's perfect because I definitely have spent a ton of time trying to figure out what my 24th card is going to be in my 41-card deck. Right. <laughs> also, don't play 41 <laughs> cards. It's, anyways, let's go to a beer break. Uh, yeah, I think it's time for a beer break. All right. Hibiscus Pale Ale, let's go. Oh, wow, this looks really different than uh, really what it looks like on Zoom. Oh, yeah, I was about to say, this beer looks almost exactly like the other beer I just had. Yeah. They look very similar to each other, which is funny because they're both um, seem so uh, different. Anyway, it's cheers. rosé night. It's rosé, yeah, the beers look like they're a rosé, is what they are. <laughs> mm. Okay. Strict Save and Sealed. Let's go. Um, one one thing I did want to mention before we move on into archetypes is that um, you can play off color things. Like you don't have to play the colleges. Like we were talking about splashing when you take a college and splash a color, but you know maybe you have really great red and black cards. Maybe you should just play Rakdos. Play Rakdos, yeah. Like if you have you know several rares, they happen to be red, split across red and black. And then good lessons in those colors too. Try build a red black deck. See how it looks. Yeah, don't uh, don't just like say, oh well, that's not the colors you're supposed to play. There's only you know five color pairs, so let's just do those. Um, now that being said, it does mean that you won't really get to play any of the gold cards, unfortunately. However, don't forget that the hybrid cards. There's a bunch of them, and they exactly, are yeah. both colors. Like all there's the whole pledge mage cycle. Um, for different things, like if you're playing Lorehold Pledge Mage, that's a white card or a red card. It doesn't have to be yeah. in a Lorehold deck. That's put it in your prism. Right. I've played the Pledge Mage in in uh, Silver Quill, the Lorehold Pledge Mage in my Silver Quill deck with no red sources. Exactly. Yeah. It's actually a really great Silver Quill card because it has first yeah. strike and it's a great attacker. It can attack. It's like exactly. super hard to block. So um, that's actually one of the cards <laughs> I really want in my Silver Quill deck. Uh, funny enough, more than the Silver Quill yeah. Pledge Mage, which I don't like as much. Yeah, and playing off uh, off college, I guess, that's what we can call it, mm-hmm. um, is going to happen more, it's going to be correct more often in Sealed than you're used to if you're used to playing Draft. Because in Draft, you're curating your deck as you go, you find the open college and whatever. But in Sealed, it's just like, here are your cards. A lot of the good cards are in red and black. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know, so... If exactly. that happens, like, just play red and black. You can even be, you know, red, black, splash some of your blue Prismari gold cards. Yeah. You know? You're like, like, oh. That's that's fine, too. You're like, I don't like any of these other ones, or maybe, the you know, my black removal is really great, and I'm going to use these this red removal and stuff, but the blue cards are terrible, um, except for maybe some of the high-end ones. Boom, there you go. Just right. It's actually something I've found in this. Um, yes, this is a faction... Format. You know, we have the colleges, 
but I find it way less of a faction format than the ones I've played in the past. 100%. Um, so you'll see people calling this a guild set that's re referring to Ravnica sets where this kind of originated. And Ravnica sets are really hard on the factions. Like, it's very difficult to play off-faction in one of those sets. Yeah. And I think that's mainly because a lot of the, like, usually in those sets, they make a different keyword for each faction exactly so, so each yeah. guild has their own ability and all the cards care about that ability so you could play the hybrid card in your you know your demir hybrid card in your rakdos deck however that card is probably not very good in it because it really only cares about you know demir stuff which is usually like graveyard spell things so, right although they did do in those sets there was like the demir <coughs> excuse me the demir um Keywords synergized with the is it keyword. Right. Like whenever there was a overlap of colors. So what I found is you were very often three colors in those sets mm -hmm. because the fixing was okay and the two would synergize together. Yeah. So most recently you're talking about surveil into jumpstart. So having for example, a, yeah, yeah. having a spell in your graveyard was good for is it and Demir is a great way to dump cards into your your band. So um, right. And Which that wasn't really something that's going on here, actually. The distinct plans of the different colleges don't really overlap at no. all. Because, like, a lot of the time, you know, it, I think it's really cool what they're doing with the set. And I think we might talk about this in more length in, uh, another time. But um, I love that you can play off-college or, you know, some of these pledge mages fit better in other decks than... than uh, right. Like, the Lorehold Pledge Mage is legitimately better in Silver Quill. It really just feels Lorehold. like it. It just feels like a great <laughs> attacker. And the, yeah. the Silver Quill Pledge Mage uh, is good, but most of the time it's, it will die a lot of the time. Um, and I just like that, you know, attacking First Striker. That There are so many combat tricks in the set. There are so many. They're all over the place. Yeah. and y You would love that. Yeah, and having a First Striker uh, that bumps its power when you play a combat trick, plus the bump that you give you know for having that yeah i like that card quite a bit if you haven't noticed i think it's good i, I think it's it's so much i pick it much higher than i should so sealed is going to be great where i can't uh do that yeah you just either have it or you don't exactly uh yeah so honestly this sealed format has felt less like a faction format and more just like typical sealed mm -hmm. where um I, my deck is usually not super synergistic it's usually just quality removal spells, quality learn lesson cards and bombs, and just, you know, good curve of creatures and all that. And so, yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with playing a pair that is, let's say, non-traditional. It still should happen less, you know, uh, than you should be in a college more often than not, because, uh, like you were saying, there are a lot of gold cards. So it's kind of like just a regular set with a bunch of gold cards. Yeah, exactly. Way more than usual. And so the gold cards tend to be the most powerful cards in your mm -hmm. pool, so you want to play them. So usually you will be in a college. But hey, if yeah, if you get three red rares, two green rares, and a bunch of good lessons, then play Gruel. Yeah, just, just go for it. You know, some of those deans, you only want to play one side anyway. So don't feel bad right. if you have like, oh, I, well, this card is white and black, so I should make sure I can play the white side. Like, no, just play the black version. Like... You, you could have, like, the corner case, you have, you know, one white land if you actually want to play that. But a lot of times, some mm -hmm. of those those cards, you're like, I really want to play it for this one side, and I'm just going to focus on that, and that's it. 
Um, exactly. Which I think is perfectly fine. And just to your point about the uh, hybrid cards, mm-hmm. uh, this was pointed out to me um, in an article by Ryan Sachs on Star City Games. But basically he pointed out that... Uh, so some of the most important lessons are the ones that make creature tokens. Mm-hmm. And those are all hybrid. So what happens is if you are in a college, you get three out of those five that you can play because uh, there's the one that is your college and then the one that uh, each of your colors overlaps with. So the Prismari one can play um, either the Lorehold one or the Quandrix one, Mm -hmm. red and blue, and then its own. But if you're an off-color, like let's say Gruul, there's only one college that shares no color with you, so you actually get access to four. You actually okay. get more. Yeah, you get access you to more everything. of the hybrid cards yeah. by playing off college. Interesting. That I didn't really think about that because those are pretty great. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of these times these learn cards, and we were we were talking about how great the learn lesson thing is before, but mo- a lot of the time it's just like, hey, draw a creature card is is what you're doing. Um, also important to note when you're building your deck. Um, I saw this a lot when the, the set first released and I was really confused why everyone's having such a big problem with this. And everyone all over Twitter, I don't know why this is happening, but people were saying, oh, I don't have enough creatures for my deck. Like, what's wrong with the set? I know it's a spell-based set, but I don't have any creatures. I was like, yeah, but most of your spells make creature tokens. There's, there's a yeah. ton of them. Like, all, you, all those cards that, you know, the, the six-mana green spell that makes a, a fractal equal to your lands. Like, that's a creature, you know? Yep. All, all those cards, just don't forget. When you're counting how many creatures you have, it won't say it in Arena. When you click on the thing, it says, oh, you have, you know, five creatures, but whatever spells. Just, right. you have to manually... Five, five is low. It's really, you yeah. A bunch of but you know what I mean. Like, token spells, yeah. You, you should go in and count all your, your, uh, your token-making spells because obviously those make... I mean, it, it seems... It's obviously there, and it makes sense when you talk about it, but for whatever reason, when you're building your deck, you will probably have a brain fart and forget for a moment. So it's yeah. it's worth pointing out, hey, just count them as creatures because they are creatures for what you're doing. And you should be doing this anyways. Like, when I was playing Kaldheim, I would have my uh, Dwarven reinforcements as a creature. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was when I was laying out my curve of where the spells... And exactly. Just count that as a creature. Yeah, for sure. a, a big a big thing that people are talking about is that um, uh, symbology teacher or symbology professor. What is professor it? Professor of profes- symbology. Professor of symbology. That's the card. So it's one and a white for a two one that uh, when it enters the battlefield it learns. There's also a sorcery that's black. It's one and a black. Uh, it's ten to the pests or something. No, that's not, not that ten one. Ten to the pests. It's, oh, it's, um, it's not that one. Ten of the Pests is black-green. It's black-green. This, yeah. this is a different one, but it's one and a black for a sorcery that makes a, you should a know pest. This. I've played this card in standard. Yeah, so it makes a pest, yeah. uh, just a 1-1, one, one, and then you learn. So it's right. essentially, it's very, very similar to um, a symbology professor, or professor of symbology. Um, however, it just has like one less power, but it also gains you a life when it dies. So yeah. a lot of people have been thinking that uh, Professor of Symbology is just like just really great, much better, awesome. You get to learn on turn two. That's amazing mm-hmm. because it's great. But also this other one is really good too. It's just people aren't counting it as a creature in their mind. Just like a, that weird right. thing where they're like... They're thinking of it as though it learns and then it has this weird other, other side of making like a pest. A pest or whatever. You're like, no, but that's... 
you're playing a creature on turn yeah. two. That's great. It's very similar to you know those those one like Lenor, uh sorry, Elvish Visionary. It's yeah. Very similar, right? It's a one one that draws a card when it enters the battlefield. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> I know it sounds stupid, but um, it, it's important to to go through and, and count all your cards like that. Yeah. And just before I forget, you know, um, I actually think duress is okay to play because of this. Because people are going to have eight creatures in their deck. Um, so there's two, two reasons I think Duress is actually good. Which, it's almost never good in Limited. You should never play Duress in almost any format. But in this one, people are going to be registering decks with eight creatures. Because they get their other seven creatures from spells. But those are now Duressable creatures. And also, um, when your opponent goes to get a specific lesson, you know you're going to hit. Mm-hmm. Right, that's, like that's your opponent true. goes to grab a lesson, and you just like hold your duress, wait until they learn, and then once they learn, snag that lesson from them. Yeah, or turn. and then realize they have something better. This is another reason why I think that playing Divine Gambit is definitely worth it, and I don't think enough people are playing it. Um, just because obviously it's a gamble. Divine Gambit is always a gamble because it's a gambit, right? Um, <laughs> but the amount of times where you know it's this Prismari deck that's just waiting to play their giant, you know. Uh, right, what, definitely magma opus or anything like all these. You know they're going to create all these creature tokens, but if you just get to you know snipe whatever big fractal or their their huge creature or exile it and they can't do anything, they just kind of their clock ticks or the rope goes and they just like pass. You know like oh pick a card, yo they can't. It's just great. It's just a wonderful feeling. Um, For sure. So you know just think about these things. <laughs> think think about the things. <laughs> Oh my god! You can tell that I'm, I'm only on my second beer, but you can you can already tell it. Um, it's happening. <laughs> it's going. Um, That's why I needed to mention the duress thing while I thought about it, even if it wasn't the most logical time yeah, to bring it up. Because you're just gonna forget. <laughs> um, the, okay, so let's go into mystical archives because you were mentioning duress, and I said divine gambit. So it does seem like oh okay, well mystical archives is an extra thing. We play it in historic, all this stuff. However, in this limited format, they are very relevant, and they are cards you should definitely know. Like, if your opponent seems to be holding up their one red, you know, you're like, oh, what one red spell could they play? It's like, well, they, they have Shock or Lightning Bolt. Those are both cards in the set. Um, could be uh, Infuriate, too. That's true. Could, and, and Infuriate. Yeah. That's, there, so there's a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff. Just um, it feels weird to, like, have to memorize the separate set of cards. But if you're going to play your bomb, just think for an extra second. If you just, see an, just treat them as cards in the set, you know? Yeah, because they are. Um, and they show up like quite remember often. Remember that mana tithe is, is, yeah. is a thing that don't, can happen. Don't too. play your huge bomb without one open when they have white. Just because... They, I mean, it's, it's still a rare, you know, so it's like... But, you know, it it happens. I've played mana tithe yep. many times. I got manatized in my first event of this format. <laughs> yeah, it's great. There are, a, you know, there's Day of Judgment is a board wipe. They have Crux of Fate is a board wipe. Um, you're you're going to run... Right, there's more board wipes than you think there are. Yes. Because a lot of them are in the Mystical Archives. Um, Mizzix Mastery is going to kill you. Uh, Approach of the Second Sun is going to kill you. That card's just a bomb. Like, <laughs> all those kinds of things. Just, you know, people are playing Time Warp. People are, um, uh, teach by example their Time Warp. So they can get two turns, you know... The, the, this a is, Mizzix Mastery yeah. with a Time Warp in the graveyard. Exactly. Like, <laughs> and overload it. So just know that like 
don't forget about those. And they're not, there's not even that many of them. So you can just kind of look them up and just know, know what they are. You know, there's more hand disruption than you think. You said duress, but there's also um, Inquisition of Kozilek. And there's, um, what's the other one? Agonizing Remorse. There you go. Agonizing Remorse. I've seen that card so much more than I ever thought I was going to. I was like, holy shit. How many times do I have to discard cards in this card? (laughs) I was like, oh, well, it's in the graveyard. No, it's exiled. I'm like, okay, well. Exiled. What? Every time? Okay, whatever. (laughs) And that's just, it just, it's going to happen. Um, so it's easiest just to look at all those cards and learn them, um, just really well. Cause you're going to see them all over the place. Yeah. You don't want to learn your lessons the hard way. Mm-hmm. You want the l- lessons that you learn to just be an extra card in your hands that helps you win the game. <laughs> right. Um, not something that you have to write down to be like, all right, so don't lose to uh, memory lapse again, <laughs> because for whatever reason, my opponent always has memory lapse. <laughs> like that's the only card I think about. I I put a spell on the stack. I'm Are like, you playing okay. against me in historic? Because that yeah. sounds funny. well. Even in draft, is like I put my you know bomb on the stack. It's either gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be memory lapse or it's gonna be whirlwind denial. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, lightning helix is a good one to know about. Yeah, too. lightning that helix can really change the math on a combat. Really stuff. throw some things out of whack. Uh, so just you know <laughs> know about them, especially because. <laughs> People are going to have lots and lots of stuff going on. So just, I don't know, don't forget. <laughs> yeah. Think about it and don't forget. Those are Zach's tips for the, uh, yeah. the form. Hey, think, think about things. Don't forget other things that you thought about. <laughs> Boom. Uh, things to live by. Lessons to learn. Le- uh, life. <laughs> <laughs> well, well said. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so I know we talked about, you know, you don't always have to play off or you don't always have to play on college, Yeah. but you normally will. Are there any colleges that you've found more success with than others? Is there like a ranking of colleges or something? Um, I think there is. I, I try really hard not to do that just because, um, uh, uh, let me start over. It's not so much that I try really hard not to do that. It's more that I just don't do it. I don't think about it, (laughs) but, um, I have been having a lot of success with um, Silver Quill just because they have some good evasive creatures and they're fairly aggressive. And I always like aggressive strategies like that. They also have lifelink, so that really helps you just attack all the time. Um, like we were saying, uh, Poet's uh, Quill is... Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Right? Awesome. Just bomb. Bomb, bomb, bomb. Um, and then Quandrix as well has just like big, big dumb stuff. Quandrix, in, mm-hmm. Quandrix feels like it just slides into Prismari so well. They both kind of it seems like you're just playing a deck that's teamer every time uh, because right. they're like ramp with this green stuff. You have like treasure tokens in your Prismari decks Yeah, and too. all this stuff. So they're just uh, playing huge, huge stuff. Um, I have been uh, kind of sad with Lorehold. has just been not really getting there for me. I've been having a, a struggle. Yeah. I've had the exact same experience that I tend to do better with Silver Quill and Quandrix. And uh, I'm always doing the worst with Lorehold. But I will say that I don't think, I don't think it's that big of a delta, you know, between Lorehold and Quandrix or or Silverquill. All the colleges are fine to play, and if you just get the good cards in that college, you yeah. should play that college, right? I, I don't. We're not saying avoid Lorehold; you'll never win. With, yeah, you none know? of that. Um, I do think if there's a tiebreaker, you know, if yeah. you're either debating Quandrix and Lorehold, and the decks look equally powered. Maybe take the Quandrix Maybe take deck, the Quandrix but... one. Um, I do think that it's... Uh, Lorehold is so interesting and exciting because it's so offbeat. 
And mm-hmm. I think that uh, the way that the deck gets really good is kind of difficult to achieve. Um, you're kind of going out of your comfort zone a little bit, doing some things that you normally wouldn't feel great about. Um, as opposed to like, so the synergies is what I'm saying. So the synergies in Lorehold are right. kind of harder to achieve as opposed to like Witherbloom or something where there's a, a ton of like life gain synergy stuff, but they're not really hard to get to. And it's already something you kind of want to do. Like you're sweet. I have my blood researcher on the battlefield. So, uh, you know, there's a ton of random cards that just like gain you life. You're like, oh, by the way, that fight spell gains you life or whatever, you know? Oh, <laughs> this, you play your cram session actually to go get a spell. Oh, that gave me some life that gets bigger. It just gets, it's Goes, go to get environmental sciences, which gains, which you gains life. you life. Yeah. So it ends up being a lot easier to do some of the, not only do you want to gain life because it saves you from dying to aggro, which is probably not going to be a huge problem in, um, sealed but it, it will come up in the the sense that if i build a silver quill deck and i'm attacking for lethal every turn but however they play a cram session three turns in a row i just i'm not going to win that game because i'm like oh great well right. you're supposed to i thought you were going to be dead but you gained like 12 life somehow i don't right why do you have so many of those how did that happen <laughs> um it, it just seems like the lore hold synergies specifically feel more difficult to achieve than uh, some of the other ones. And I think the other problem is, is also with Witherbloom a little bit is that they're mid-range decks. Mm-hmm. And this format is pretty slow. Like, the range of stuff you can do is extremely powerful. And because of all this easy life gain you were talking about, and also because of the fact that there's card advantage built into so many cards with Lesson and Learn, and there just tend to be board stalls in this game. Like, mm-hmm. I, I play so many games that just end up with, well, we all have a bunch of 4-4s, four so yeah. uh, go. You know, so it's actually quite a slow, powerful format. And what that tends to do is kind of uh, nudge out mid-range because you want to be able to go over the top of your opponents or go way under the people that are getting greedy with how slow they're going. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's true in this this format for sealed even more so. Like if you have the perfect silver quill aggro deck, build that because you're gonna yeah you're gonna run over the people with magma opus in their hand. Yeah. You know, um, but if if you don't have that, which is gonna be very rare, I I would look first towards playing a slow powerful deck before trying to. And, and maybe that's just not there. You know that that's gonna happen sometimes. So you have to try to be the deck that can beat the aggro deck because it's and can also beat the control deck by going under it it can beat the aggro deck because it has a four four or sorry a four mana one five with reach (laughs) yeah Uh, that's how you beat the aggro deck and then (laughs) yeah speaking Um, of which flying is great in this format too because of the ground stalling out like i mentioned earlier uh Um, yeah so flying is really awesome and uh like i love combat professor Combat Professor is awesome and also it's so, good. so annoying, but it's so good. <laughs> yeah. um, those decks are great because just because it, you know, it's 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 really good, and I I always lose to it. Um, that's one of the that's got to be the best white common, I think. Probably um, that or Study Break. I think Study Break is really good. Um, yeah, card I literally never would have picked for top white common during and, like the set review. Yeah, and it is. <laughs> Most of the time, I'm like, oh, I can get them later, but you can't There's for drafts. Mm-hmm. But, like, the reason I had um, switched... So, I had talked about it earlier, but when I did my first sealed, I, I had some really powerful Prismari stuff, but I ended up playing a Silver Quill deck, and having two study breaks uh, was a big reason. 
because I was like, man, you get some, you know, those board stalls where you're like, oh, well, they have two four fours. Well, now they don't really have two four fours, and I'm just still gonna mm-hmm. attack them. And then I get to. Or draw. often it's one big fractal that's yeah. stopping your attack. And you're like, oh, well, never mind. You don't have that, and your other whatever creature, uh, block with your uh, like Zimone or something. Oh, I'm gonna make you block with Zimone, <laughs> so you don't die, so you can't keep drawing cards. And then I'm gonna go get a flyer. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, or so I think if annihilation, you know, if I'm if I'm jumping into, you know, the best of one cues for the arena open, I think my dream is just a raw silver quill aggro deck. Same. I that's what I'm hoping. Absolutely. Uh, but I think that's not going to happen very often. No. So you better be prepared to build this kind of teamer based slow deck. Exactly. Uh, that's splashing and stuff. Yeah. Um, and. Because you need to be able to overpower your opponents because the game's going to go long. So you might think you have too much card advantage, but you probably don't. Yeah. Uh, and because another, everyone has so much. Another great thing to remember is the guards, uh, the games can go pretty long. And um, if you happen to have a Blue Sun Zenith in your pool, um, you can uh, make your opponent <laughs> draw their whole deck. It's pretty great. Um, so just I saw somebody win like that um, with... I'll never remember the name of this card, but it copies... Your next instant or sorcery. Teach by example is the... Yeah, yeah, made them draw like... No, no. Um, it was a creature that you returned to your hand. Rutha. Rutha is yes. the best. Best. Yeah. Rutha's so good. So they, they Ruthed and then uh, tapped out for Blue Sun Zenith targeting their opponent and drew them literally exactly the number of cards in their library. Yeah. It was like 18 or something. And that's 18. <laughs> making somebody draw 18 cards is nuts. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's so good uh yeah with, with that being said you know there's a lot of there's a like a, a rare um sorry there's an uncommon legendary cycle and rutha is amazing it's the prismari one that copies your stuff um but it basically it just turns all your removal spells into like double removal spells like all your draw spells into a ton like you will draw your whole deck on accident like so you wear that but uh, anyway i'm gonna get off my soapbox about rutha because uh she's so good <laughs> And, and that's basically what we feel about Sealed. Like, uh, besides that, you know, just have fun, man. Uh, and don't, you know, get bogged down about trying to win the money. That's an awesome prize, but like... Yeah, yeah, you should be doing this to have fun, play some competitive limited again. Yeah. Um, or if you've never played, you know, in a competitive event, this is a great way to kind of dip your toes into that scene where something's actually on the line. But, you know, some of the best players in the world you know, don't even make day two or, or scrub out on day two. Yeah, so. or it takes them five uh, tries. Just remember, like, last yeah. time Ben Stark and LSV, it took them, like, four or five tries each. So, um, and, you know, you never know what deck's going to get you there because, you know, sometimes it's this boring-looking thing that seems dumb, but it ends up going the distance. So, Oh, I think last time, I think I had to try three or four times. I don't quite mm-hmm. remember, but I remember the deck that I got in with was by far the worst of the decks i built that day and that just it ends up feeling that way a lot of time but um once again just spend as much time as you can building your deck because if you're doing it just once you know that's the only time you get to to do that and this is you know fairly expensive for playing sealed you could play sealed uh right now for uh 2000 gems but this is gonna be more expensive of course and you're not really gonna get any uh anything back unless you get to day two so spend your time wisely just don't rush into anything uh, however, make sure you are drinking beer because it makes it more fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, Jeff, do you hear that? What? 
Uh, no, there's a bell. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's last call. They're, they're calling last call right now. Oh, that's what yeah, that yeah. is, you know? Yeah. I, I've been, I've learned to tune it out. Oh, because we just don't care anymore? Or because I just haven't been yeah. doing actual last call in over a year? No, I just want to ignore, ignore last call. Oh, yeah, call. that's a good plan. Let's order another All drink. right, well, let's order our last drink. All right, here you go. Three, two, one. Yeah. Hey. hey. We're aligned. We are aligned. We picked the Hibiscus Pale Ale, uh, the Society of Beer Drinking Ladies. Um, I'm just going to say it. Sorry for what I brought. That was that was uh, <laughs> awful. I, I did not love it. I didn't like it really much at all. Uh, it was quite a bummer. I was wondering because, you know, we tend to disagree on sours because we're looking for slightly different things. But I have the suspicion that even, even you wouldn't love that sour. No, no. Uh, let's just start with that one real quick. Um, so mm -hmm. I would like to say that there is definitely something in the water and the water, uh, is just the beer. There's nothing going on. It just tastes like water and a little bit of some sort of something. But, um, wow. Was it, there was nothing going on in that blackberry vanilla. There's no, none of, none of those were there. So you're saying there was nothing in the water. There was okay. nothing. No, the water was just the beer. There's something in yeah. the water. It's a, it kind of tastes like beer, but it really is just water is <laughs> yeah. what it is. Um, wow. I like, I'll, I'll drink it, but I don't, this feels silver real bad. Oof. Yeah. I'm not even, I'm not going to go light on it. It, yeah. I don't. It, it doesn't even really feel like a beer. It barely feels like anything. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like it, but I think like part of that was it's not what I'm looking for in a sour to begin with. Like It's clear to me that the type of sour beer they were shooting for was kind of a juicy, uh, like juice forward, not beer yeah. forward. Because I did get the sourness. I just didn't get the beer. You know, like it didn't taste like a beer to me. So that's funny. So I did. I got a little bit of the sour, and then I could taste uh, a little bit of wheat at the end, like some beer notes, but literally nothing else. Like, the it. I don't know if I could tell you that was supposed to be blackberry vanilla, though. I couldn't tell you that that was no vanilla at all. For I don't me. think I could tell you that was really supposed to be a beer. You know, Jeez. if someone poured that and said, "Hey, this is rosé," I'd be like, "Okay." Like a sparkling rosé, I'd be like, this is a weird sparkling rosé. But I wouldn't be like, this is beer. Are you kidding me? This is beer. I really didn't like it. <laughs> I, I don't. That's clear. Yeah. yeah, I don't think we've had one of those on the show. But when I took my first sip, I was like, wow, that's horribly disappointing. And I wish I did not uh, <laughs> bring this. No holds barred here. I now really you know. We're giving our honest reviews. <laughs> I always give my honest review. And, and this is how I feel yeah. about this one. Um, so now you know. Whenever we say something's really good, we actually mean it's really good because this. Yeah, one that's is, what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, really not. I'm gonna say silver. That's the first silver I've given out, and it's okay. I was gonna one. give it gold. So. Okay, uh, that's totally fine. I do think I'm a little harsher than you are sometimes. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm a little mean, but uh, I'm okay with that. Uh, I yeah. I didn't like it. Um, but this is hibiscus pale is actually. Um, it's 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 nice, you know. Yeah, I, like I'm saying with the Society of Beer Drinking Ladies beers, like they always do a bunch. Um, I remember them doing a Blood Orange Sizzle was the first time I saw it. And I was like, oh, that's literally something I've been talking about making. That sounds great to me. Let's get it. And then I think they did uh, like an Earl Grey, something to do with an Earl Grey ale or they did. 
And then they did another oh. brown ale. So I always buy them because mm-hmm. the types of beers that they're making really appeal to me and sound great. And Hibiscus Pale Ale sounded like another knockout to me. But they're all, they always underwhelm me. Mm-hmm. I think it's maybe my sights are set too high. But I also wonder if, like, what's going on is that the Society of Beer Drinking Ladies has, like, just great ideas for a beer, but then the execution by the brewery they're working with is not necessarily the best. Um, okay, I see that. I mean, that's I'm, the part that always attracts me to it. I, is I what you know, what style it is. I like uh, Henderson. I like their other stuff uh, quite a bit. I like their things. Um, Hibiscus. But is most not... of their other stuff is kind of generic, right? Like they have a they have a solid ale and. They have a good, like, uh, brown and, and, and some stuff. Um, yeah, it's hibiscus. I've had some different hibiscus things, and it's not always my favorite uh, flavor. It always seems really exciting, but it tends to be every time I have some sort of hibiscus beer, it's, um, it, just is, it just doesn't hit the mark. Um, and this one is similar, um, but I think I might just be <laughs> playing, playing it against this other one because I... <laughs> It just felt like nothing yeah. was going on in the other beer, so maybe the 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 things that are usually feel a little bit lighter about, um, like this feel that this beer doesn't feel super big or or there's it's not really voluptuous. There isn't a ton of flavors, but compared to the other one we had, it really feels like something's going on. I was like, wow, this has like a body. Something's going, you know. I can taste things. I like it. Um, but that being said, I think it's fine. I don't know if I'd yeah. ever really seek it out again, but it's, right. it's fine. So there's there's a, uh, like, I, I think pretty much my favorite brewery is, is Judiciaire mm-hmm. in, uh, in, in Montreal. And they have a, it's, it's a hibiscus rosé is what they call it. Oh. But it's basically a wheat beer that they flavor with hibiscus. And um, I don't know if they actually use grapefruit, but you get like, that kind of Mm -hmm. hints of grapefruit and it's awesome and it's one of the only wheat beers that i will order and can like drink more than one of Mm -hmm. you know uh usually wheat beers by the end of the pint uh, i'm kind of forcing it down i don't really want it anymore yeah Uh, but this one just so every time i see a hibiscus beer i feel like i'm always just thinking of that um, when I was surprised that this pink hibiscus beer was something I really liked, mm-hmm. uh, so I have kind of that background High with hibiscus being being added to beer. That's interesting. Um, I think my first hibiscus beer was a saison, and that was the first saison I'd ever had, and um, that was not my favorite. <laughs> it had right. kind of um, at the time had uh, been like, oh, maybe it's just the hibiscus, and I like saisons. And since then, I've been like, I am hit and miss with saisons sometimes. Um, but I so far like I would love to try that one because I just don't have I've never really had a hibiscus that I was like damn this is great, um, but today you know I was feeling the beer drinking ladies and uh, I like this one more than what I brought unfortunately well not well whatever <laughs> yeah and, and this is still a totally fine beer right like it's a yeah. pale ale and you get a bit of that pinkish yeah. color and a little bit of of that aroma and flavor too. I like that they didn't go overboard. Like it's not bright pink and yeah. just punches you in the nose when you smell it with hibiscus. Yeah. It's it's clearly a pale ale, but I think maybe the base pale ale is just not my favorite yeah. pale ale. I'll probably say gold. 
Yeah, that's what I, yeah. I was kind of thinking. They were both gold, but one was at the low end of gold, and one was yeah, you know, gold one versus gold four. Yeah, kind of I felt similar except for, uh, well, gold was just too high to give the other. <laughs> Um, you thought one was like hasn't downloaded arena yet yeah yeah one was um they still think magic is magic tricks <laughs> yeah uh anyway uh another or um well last week we had great beer um but i feel like since we've been bringing beers from Thank breweries you. yeah uh, uh if you haven't listened to our last episode go check it out it's pretty sweet and we have a great beer in that one um but some of these uh you know we need to bump it up a little bit uh, yeah. Either either you need to make some more, or we <laughs> we gotta <laughs> go go I'm on it. Out. Um, uh, but with that, I think it is closing time. So. Closing time. <laughs> oh my gosh! Every week. <laughs> okay. Um, if you want to reach us and talk to us about um, which beers we should actually put on the show, because we might need a little bit of help. <clears throat> is uh, you can reach us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, and also look for us on MTG Arena itself under the username Arena Regulars Podcast. I don't know if we'll be playing in the Arena Open on that account, but uh, hey, if you see us, send us a send us a uh, thinking emoji. What are they called? Emotes, just one of the emotes. Emotes, <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Uh, if you want to talk to me personally, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zulberg, Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G. Uh, but Jeff, where can they find you? They can find me under Blues Brews MTG on Twitter. Also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Follow us on Spotify and, um, you know, anywhere that you are listening to this right now. Leave us a comment on YouTube. Uh, we appreciate all of those things, um, all of the love and, uh, or, you know, that... You can say horrible things to us on those if you want. If you want it yeah, to yeah. say, can suck my beeping whatever, uh, go ahead. That'd be great. We will, we will say, I hope you have a good, uh, good yeah, game. Yeah, I'm used to it. So yeah. <laughs> Please, please do that. This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you that getting lucky does not make your opponent a bad person. Good night. All right, that's fine.